Hello, hello. Welcome to Think, Feel, Eat, broadcast number 39, How to Fix Your Sleep Problems, part two of two. So I am sitting tonight, those of you who are watching me on video, I'm sitting tonight, you know that I am trying to stand more. So I have been developing this habit of standing incrementally, which is how all lasting, good, long-term effective habits are made. Can I get an amen? All right, that's how they are created. And so um, I got my new standing desk and it's wonderful and beautiful. And if it wasn't so messy, I would show it to you. Um, and I got it uh, like in the summer, like in June or July. And so I just started um, standing like immediately. I, I, I really think I really took it on. Like I was just gonna jump, jump right in. I, I think it must've been closer when school started because I um, started standing when I started teaching classes three hours a day, the first day, just three hours, I'm gonna stand. So when I say I'm starting to stand more, you know, I'm trying to develop neat, right? Non-exercise activity, thermogenesis. So I'm trying to burn more calories, to have, be more active, to be healthier, to um, burn through more fat simply by activity non-exercise activity. That's what NEAT stands for, non-exercise activity. So I'm trying to do that as a rule of thumb, just as a way of being healthier, right? And uh, and, uh, and to also help with my weight loss and weight maintenance. So um, I didn't think it was gonna be that big of a deal. I mean, it's just standing, right? I work out all the time. I used to dance all the time, walk all the time. You know, so what's standing? And so I started in right off the bat, the way I used to do things, not the way I do them now, but the way I used to do them. And that was three hours a day, just right away. And by the end of the first week of standing, um, and when I say standing, I'm standing at times that I typically sit. So because I teach kids around a table, I don't stand up in front of a classroom usually. The, um, my classes are more in intimate than that. Like, like our science classes and some of those that might have 20 or 30, 25 kids in them or something. But my writing classes usually have like six to 10 or something like that. And so we're around the table. So I'm usually sitting. So when I say standing more, I'm looking at times that would typically be spent sitting. So doing videos like this to you and teaching classes and um, writing sometimes, um, preparing lesson planning, things like that. So things that I would typically sit for. First week, felt like my bladder was going to fall out in all seriousness. I have a prolapsed bladder, just really, really irritated that. I mean, you know, that that's a hyperbole right there going on, but you know, I really, really felt like it was gonna be bad. So I went back to what I know about habits, which is that you don't create habits from big things. You create habits from small steps. So I set out then after that happened to do a half an hour, then a half an hour and kept, kept adding to it. And now I'm up to two hours a day. So, but I stood three hours this morning. Just, it was just a busy, really, really busy writing, lots of busy writing classes and so forth. The next thing I knew, I was like, oh my word, I stood for three hours. I hope, I hope I don't get too sore doing that. So taught for nine hours, stood for three of those, went down to do strength training and came back to teach you. So I'm sitting now, <laughs> I'm going to sit for the rest of the evening. So um, this is how to fix your sleep problems, part two of two. All right, so I want to do a quick review. I don't wanna spend a lot of time on it because I have a lot of information in other places for you for that. So 
we have um, effects of too little sleep. That's Think Feel Eat 34. And these are all in the handout. So if you're listening on a podcast app or you're watching on YouTube, the links will be there that will take you to the DonnaReach.com and you can get all, and or you can go directly to DonnaReach.com. When you go to DonnaReach.com, one of the headers is Think, Feel, Eat. You click on the drop down and you can choose episode 39 and it'll have all of the handouts with it. Okay, so Think, Feel, Eat, How to Fix Your Sleep Problems. First of all, we had the effects of too little sleep. That was a very eye-opening episode. I really think that you need to build your belief in the fact that sleep and stress have huge effects on weight management and weight loss. We build our belief by getting accurate knowledge, right? So go to episode 34. I'm not citing a bunch of half-baked studies. I'm not citing a bunch of studies over three or four people for five days or three days or two days um, in which they wrote down everything they ate and then they turned it in because we don't trust people when they write down what they ate, okay? Not that I don't, it's just that research doesn't. And there's a good reason for that. Okay, real bona fide studies. I mentioned Ari Witten um, of the uh, Fat Loss Blueprint, learned a lot there from him and they are real studies. Okay, so the, the effects of too little sleep. Guys, we won't change anything in our lives if we don't believe that the change will make a difference. I'm getting ready to teach that after this at 7.15 over in the Drop 8 Pounds by Christmas group. And it is going to be about food cycling. You, but you can't cycle food if you don't believe in your protocol. There's no reason to. You can't learn how to get better sleep if you don't believe that it's going to have a huge impact. You can't learn how and won't desire to and won't carry it out how to reduce your stress and reduce your cortisol levels if you don't believe that it really makes a dramatic difference. We act out of what we believe, right? We act out of our feelings and we act out of our thoughts, our beliefs. A belief is just a thought you think over and over again. So guys, go to these original, like the podcast on stress, the original one, stress and cortisol number one, 36, and then go to 37 and learn the solutions. Go back to 34 of the effects of too little sleep. Believe it. Believe it enough to change, right? And then don't make wacko huge changes that you can't keep. Make incremental changes and change your life. Guys, my husband and I have changed our lives in so many ways. And it did not happen through big sweeping three hour changes and then you, your bladder falls out, right? It happened through small changes, more small changes, more small changes, more confidence, more change, more confidence, more change. I, I do not even recognize us. <laughs> I mean, it's so cool. Sometimes I really don't recognize my husband. He'll, I'll be like, this happened just not very long ago where we were out somewhere and I was like, why is he tying that little kid's shoe? And that guy was like 300 pounds and it wasn't right. <laughs> I was just like, oh yeah, I forgot. My husband doesn't weigh 335 pounds anymore, right? <laughs> How cool is that? Sometimes I'm just like, you're so tiny. And my kids come in and they're like, dad wears smaller size pants than my husband. <laughs> so funny. And their husbands are really thin. They just wear too big of jeans. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, I'm super proud of him. But guess what? That did not happen in a big swoop, 
you know, I'm going to change everything. I'm going to eat like a 200 pound person instead of 335 pound person. Yep, here I go. Watch me do it. That's not how it happens. You have to believe it. And then you'll make the change. And then you make your changes incrementally. So I have those listed here. Sleep affects, quick review again here before we go into insomnia. Quick review. Sleep affects weight loss, hunger, appetite, cravings, satiation, and urges. It affects all of those things. Okay. First of all, and this is all in episode 34, guys, it affects ghrelin, which is our hunger hormone. Ghrelin screams louder when we didn't get enough sleep, enough being seven to nine hours a night. Okay. Leptin, our satiation hormone, you've had enough never screams. It never says you've had enough after or seldom says, never say never. It seldom says um, you've had enough when you didn't get enough sleep. Just It's just like you're, you, you just cannot be sated. If you ever feel that way, like you just, what in the world is going on? I cannot be satiated today. Cannot be sated, cannot be full. Do not feel a sense of wholeness for some reason. Decreased fat loss. It affects the fat loss, the actual, the actual fat shrinking. It's remarkable. And that's in part because of cortisol, which is in uh, 36 and 37. Because of all the cortisol receptors in our belly, it holds on to fat. Okay. But you know me. You do know me, right? That's what we used to say to our kids. That was our family joke. You do know. You're, you, you are care, aren't you? Anyway. So many good memories. Um, you do know that I'm of the belief that we lose weight when we eat. Oh, I forgot to turn this off, guys. Sorry about that. We lose weight when we eat less than our bodies need at this, at our current body size. I just wrote about that. I don't know if it came out this past Monday or it's coming out next Monday. Current size, next size, right size body coming out Monday. Be sure you're subscribed the 16th. You know, I believe that. Like, like when people say, maybe if I fast for another hour, I'll lose more. Or maybe if I drink one more glass of water, I'll lose more. Or maybe if I, you know, take this magic supplement and you know, I love my supplements. Maybe if I take this magic supplement, I'll lose more. All of those things can affect how much you eat, and they do, but we lose weight because we eat less than we need. But when it comes to sleep and stress, there are mechanisms that take place as a result of not having enough sleep and not having to, and having too much stress. And they really can affect our, our, have a direct correlation to our fat loss, not just our hunger and our appetite and our cravings which all of those things affect how much you eat. And then that affects our weight loss, right? All right, lack of impulse control. You've heard me talk about these studies before that they do of all the people, of the people in um, Las Vegas, right? They're, they keep them up all night, they keep them fed, they give them alcohol, and then they know they'll spend money because they will not have any impulse control when they do not get their sleep. All right. Food cue responses, like how you respond. Like, why can't I stop eating chocolate when it's not even that time of the month, right? It's 
can often be attributed to sleep and holding on to fat. I mentioned that already. Okay, so insomnia in general and fasting. I want to talk about insomnia as related to fasting, first of all, because that's a completely different um, component because you can, your body can be a good sleeper and then you can start fasting and then suddenly you're no longer a good sleeper. So uh, insomnia is anything that interferes in circadian rhythms. So again, listen to 30, episode 34, your circadian rhythms tell you when to sleep, when to wake. We have a wake cycle, we have a sleep cycle, we have sun, we have moon, okay? Sun and the moon and Jupiter and Mars. Okay, yes, we have all of those things because they affect our circadian rhythm and they affect our sleep, right? They also affect our hunger too. But anyway, moving on. So this master clock inside of us tells the 37 trillion cells of our body what to do in terms of sleeping and eating and, and waking up and alertness and all of those things. So a lot of people experience insomnia when they begin fasting. And this is one reason why I recommend that you do intermittent fasting incrementally shock, shock, that you do intermittent fasting incrementally instead of just jumping into like 18 or 20 hours right away. Because you have a lot of things to contend with if you jump into a lot of fasting hours right away. Like you have to contend with hunger. You have to contend with electrolytes. You have to contend with, you know, like some blood sugar issues and, and dizziness and things like that. And then you also have to contend with, um, your insomnia and sleeping because of the, the aforementioned hunger and so forth. So that is why I really recommend that you start fasting incrementally. But at first you are going to start, your body's gonna go into starting to burn body fat, right? This happens during fasting. This happens during a calorie deficit. This happens during any time that we, um, don't have food in our bodies, whether it's through a diet or it's through fasting um, or through a deficit or through exercise where we burn, 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 all that sugar that's floating around. It happens in all of those instances and we start burning our body fat. And when we do that, this can sometimes stimulate wakefulness. So it can just really, really keep us awake. Besides that, we also have hunger. And some people like me, I do not sleep. I have, I've had to work really hard at my sleep, like really, really hard. I take supplements. I go to sleep within an hour of the same time every night. And I get up within an hour of the same time every morning. I turn on lights. I turn on my, my uh, sun lamp thingy in the mornings. I don't lie in bed when I first wake up. I jump right up. I try not to go get into the bed before like nine so that I'm not in bed like for a long time. I don't lie on the sofa like from seven to nine watching things. I mean, I work hard at this, right? I do everything that I taught you to do because sleep does not come naturally to me. I have a brain that doesn't shut off. And so it does not come naturally to me. So I work really, really, really hard at, at it. But fasting adds another element of insomnia. So it's going to eventually go away. The insomnia that's attributed, that's associated with fasting will eventually go away as your circadian rhythms catch up to the new eating times, your hunger goes away, and then your body goes like into fat burning without any problems. Like right now, when I work out in the mornings, 
my body goes into fat burning a lot sooner because of my strength training. And I can just kind of go into that without feeling horrible, right? I can do the same thing with fasting. I can be at 16 hours, 17 hours and not feel horrible. My body can go from, you know, burning the sugar that's floating around to starting to burn my body fat. When I'm in a deficit, which I am at least five days a week in a, in a caloric deficit from what my body needs right now, when I'm in that deficit, I can go right into fat burning without so many effects like dizziness, sickness, insomnia, lethargy, that kind of thing. Okay. So that will eventually happen during the fast. It'll be similar to adapting to a new time zone after flying, right? So it's just going to be something that happens. Um, but it's going to even out, uh, but it's not, but for a few days, maybe even a couple of weeks in some instance, in some instances, you will feel out of whack. And so if that's the case, just fast for fewer hours. Don't try to jump up to so many hours. All right. And um, melatonin is also released better when insulin isn't released. So if we stop eating like at six or seven or eight, um, which I try to stop at eight or nine just because of my schedule with like right now, I didn't have time to eat dinner. <laughs> Barely had time to eat a banana while the kids were on recess today. <laughs> so um, yeah, so uh, your melatonin will be released better if you uh, keep your insulin down later in the evening. That's not to say you can't eat in the evenings, but um, all of these things are going to work together. And that is one thing that might happen and you can supplement with melatonin. I talked about that a little bit last week. Um, but you have to pick your fasting hours based on a lot of factors. And so if you need to supplement with melatonin because you need to eat later in the evening because of your schedule, because you enjoy eating in the evenings, I enjoy eating in the evening. So, um, I eat later on into the evening till eight or nine. I used to stop at six. Um, but now that I only have time with our busy teaching schedule and everything, we only have time really for free time, so to speak in the evenings, like from nine on. So we will often eat together at eight or 8.30. Okay, so causes of insomnia besides that fat, the aforementioned fasting can be caffeine, right? Caffeine can raise cortisol levels. And I taught, taught all about that again in episode episodes 36 and 37. 80% of people in the US drink coffee. I don't have the exact number of who drinks um, decaf and who drinks caffeine. Um, but it does have, caffeine can have a huge effect on people's sleep. It does for me. Like I take um, a, a supplement that has caffeine in it and I absolutely never take it past 12, no matter what. And usually I like to take it, you know, at 10 or 11. Um, and it's because caffeine, we think of things as going out of our system, like at a steady rate, but that's not true with caffeine. It has what's called a half-life. And so at the four to six hour mark after you've had caffeine, you still have half of it in you. Like it's not like it's gone, it's gone, it's going, it's going, it's going, it's going. Oh, good. Four to six hours, it's gone. It's like it's going a little, it's going a little, it's going a little. Four to six hour mark, you still have half of it left. Um, so some people might not be affected at all, um, but it is recommended that you have 200, no more than 200 to 400 milligrams per day. And each medium coffee and most teas have 90 to 100 milligrams. If you have, um, I don't drink coffee. I don't like it. I don't like coffee or tea or any, I don't like any hot drinks at all. It's just a thing. I don't know. I just don't like them at all. I would never drink a hot cocoa or a tea or a coffee or anything. But I 
I think, oh, I asked somebody about this. You guys probably know more about it than I do, but I think it's the espresso that they put like extra shots of something and that's a lot more caffeine. So you need to watch those specialty drinks, right? Okay, so blue light. Guys, I'm really mixed on this and I feel like the um, research is mixed as well. Uh, but blue light supposedly controls your melatonin secretion. And supposedly then artificial blue lights, light bulbs, computers, devices, those will suppress melatonin levels when your melatonin levels are supposed to be increasing. So like, you know, you suppose you want to go to sleep at 11, but from nine to 11, you, that's your TV time. That's the time we're going to watch Netflix or Hulu, right? That's when we're going to, I don't even ever turn on anything until then. So that's my time to, and I'm definitely on my phone answering people, talking to my kids um, all the time. I'm watching something and then I'm answering this kid and then I'm going over here and answering this kid, right? I'm texting my kids a lot while I do it. Um, so according to the hungry brain, and you know, I do love me some Dr. Stephan DNA, your body's tr 37 trillion cells don't get the message that it's nighttime until you turn out the lights several hours after the sun goes down. This pushes your biological wake sleep cycle back by a few hours relative to the day and night cycle of the sun, desynchronizing the two. So we have the sun telling us one thing, especially right now, especially if you live in daylight savings time. We just moved our clocks back. It's getting dark literally at 5.30. In December, it'll get dark at 5 or 5.30 every night in Indiana. And so what we are far from bedtime at that time, right? And then we take in all of this light and everything. So we're not in harmony. We're not in synchrony with that outdoor lighting at sun and the moon. And then we are also just magnifying that with so many blue lights. So we're, we're not really jiving, right? So when it's time to go to sleep, the body isn't ready. Consequently, unfortunately, when it's time to get up, we're not ready either, right? I am, I just am not ready in the mornings to get up. I, I have two alarms set and yeah, and I always get up a little bit later than I want. All right, so we have blue light blocking glasses and we've used ours off and on. And I've talked about them before, how I, you know, I think they're helping, I'm really using them. And then I'm like, I don't really think these are doing anything. So I would love to hear what you guys think because uh, I feel like the research is really mixed on that. You can somehow get blue light on your phone, but we are using like iPads, phones, and the television. So I'm not really sure how that would work. So I'm kind of mixed reviews on that. I do think the sooner we can get into the darkness, the sooner we're going to fall asleep. So turning out everything, what I do have right now is I have my timer set for 90 minutes before I want to go to sleep. And then that's when I put on my blue light blocking glasses. And then um, if I'm not ready to sleep for some reason after that, I really think that it would really try to turn everything off and pull up out a book because I feel like that's going to be better, you know, to do that last 15 or 30 minutes that I can't fall asleep yet reading a book as opposed to a, a Kindle book or something. All right. Magnesium deficiency is another reason for insomnia. Um, and magnesium deficiency, and I didn't know this, I was extremely deficient in magnesium before I started supplementing and most of you know that I'm a plexus distributor. So if you want any um, plexus supplements, I'd be happy to fix you up. We have taken them for five years. They have been a, an integral part of our weight loss journey for, for sure. Um, but 
I used to get leg and foot cramps in the pool all the time. We used to do water aerobics. And um, then I had a lot of insomnia, had some anxiety. Um, my husband would have, would have had really bad knees and he would get cortisol. Speaking of cortisol on the cortisol, cortisone, cortisol and stress episodes, 36 and 37. And he would get those shots in his knees. Um, now we have started taking triplex from plexus and the magnesium is so potent in that, that we turned so many things around. We turned insomnia around, we turned leg cramps, we turned foot, foot cramps, the whole nine yards. We just turned them all around. And you, there are other good magnesium supplements out there, not just plexus, obviously. Um, but uh, I would definitely read the reviews on Amazon because some of them are, uh, they use a different kind of magnesium and it's a kind that only causes you to have looser bowels, which magnesium is good for uh, helping with constipation really, really good. Like we're that giving TMI. It's like, we're right. Just like clockwork. Now it's just amazing to always be emptied out and always feel this good, um, with our colon and everything. Um, so just check if you're not going to use one from uh, Plexus, if you want to get, um, you know, like maybe some people, there are less expensive ones for sure. Um, but they have the kind of magnesium that only deals with the colon only deals with like moving your stools through and those are not as effective as and I can't remember the, the I get there's biocarbonate there, there are different kinds and I can't remember which one's which so check if you if you're getting yours on Amazon check the reviews and see you know if they're just focusing on like um constipation stuff it's not that that's not good to help with constipation but then that's only one kind of magnesium and you want the kind that helps with all of these other things. So magnesium does help with cramps and so forth, um, and anxiety and depression, headaches, insomnia, and um, the blues, depression, right? Um, but you can become magnesium deficient from fasting. And that's why you'll hear people say, uh, along with intermittent fasting, they'll say like, you should also, um, you should all, you should also take electrolytes. So when I first started fasting, I always, I took my magnesium and then I also drank water that was infused with, um, electrolytes, right? Just flat. Cause I didn't, I don't like fizzy water, just flat. They'll say, um, um, electrolytes added, or they'll say, um, uh, what else do they say? Um, Oh, uh, minerals added, right? They'll say minerals added or electrolytes added, okay? And you can also get like some of those drink packets. If you like to drink those like zero calorie drinks, you can get those with magnesium. Um, some people drink those. Some people are affected by their fast. It makes them want to eat. So don't do that during your fast if that does that. If it doesn't, then you're probably fine doing that. Um, but Magnesium actually works to block the release of cortisol in the brain. So you have less stress. And so then you have more sleep. All right. And then hunger. I already talked about this. Hunger is a real problem for fasting. And so guys, you want to make your fasting time, your eating time end at a point in the day that does not affect your sleep. And so don't try to follow after what I do or what somebody else does in terms of their fasting hours. 
it's really, really important that you do what works for you because that can really turn into self-sabotage where you're like, I'm going to stop at five because I've heard that if you fast during the day, it, you burn, you lose more weight. It doesn't matter what time you fast as to when you're going to lose weight, unless it affects your hunger or your cravings and you eat more. Have I already mentioned that? All right. So that's not going to be true. It can be true. It can't be true that you'll lose less if you stop at five versus stop at six. But it can be true that you'll eat more if you stop at five versus stop at six. Or it can be true that you'll crave more and then you'll eat more if you stop at five and then you'll stop at instead of six, right? We, we've just talked about all of these things that affect your cravings and your satiate, satiation, right? So those can affect those. But it's not like you're going to magically lose more or less by changing your fasting time ending and starting, okay? That needs to be based on your personal preference and what you'll stick with. Guys, everything, everything about weight management is all about compliance. What will you comply with? What will you do? What can you do? That is what it's all about. So I used to stop at six and then just tossed and turned and couldn't sleep. Stopped eating at six, tossed and turned and couldn't eat and always wanted to have a snack. I always wanted to take a snack into bed, right? And so I just stopped, instead of fat eating from 12 to six, I started eating from two to eight, two to nine, three to nine, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, solved, right? So do what works for you. All right, I'd love to help you even more. So you can hop on over to DonnaReach.com forward slash coaching and get a free 30 minute consult and I will help you with anything you want help with. And I'll tell you a little bit more about my coaching in the last few minutes. And you can see if that's something that might work for you. All right. In the meantime, hop on over to Drop 8 Pounds by Christmas because that is where I am heading to teach about food cycling. So I'll see you guys soon. Thanks for joining me.